Sharp and the Square, episode number 26, coming off a week Sunday slate of basketball into a week Monday slate of college basketball. But we have the Genesis Invitational full card breakdown from our golf sharp, Mr. Justin Santoop. He's very, very excited for this Invitational. It is the first of four really, really good PGA tournaments in a row uh, to really kick off this golf season. Uh, Justin, hello. How are you? What's up, bro? I've, I'm, uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday, we'll quickly recap. We really didn't give out many plays yesterday. The only one that you said you were on was Wisconsin. Um, and man, Michigan bounced back from that two-week COVID, two-week-plus COVID pause and went on the road at Michigan and proved why they're ranked number three in the country, winning, winning 67 to 59. Uh, did, you, did you catch that one? Yeah, I watched all of it. Wisconsin blew a 15-point lead. Yes, they did. So, um, yeah, I went 0-3. I gave out – I mean, there were plays I gave out on the pod that, that also – like I said, Minnesota, if you can get them at plus 3.5, they're a play. Uh, they got the 3.5, played them, lost. Um, uh-huh. They got pretty thoroughly beaten. Uh, they just no-showed, which I thought was really surprising. I, I thought they were turning a corner. Um, Maryland actually is now in a really good position to make the NCAA tournament, which is which is good for the Big Ten and, and good for Rutgers, uh, actually. Um, and then Pitt, Pitt plus 5.5, lost that one – Pitt lost by six, one point game with like a minute and a half left. Uh, so it was just, I mean, there were a couple bad breaks yesterday. I thought those, yeah. were, those were the three games that I ended up playing. Um, Minnesota was just bad call. Um, I was surprised with how it turned out. I guess Maryland was just a bad matchup for him, but honestly, Wisconsin and Georgia tech, uh, Wisconsin and Pittsburgh could have gone either way. And they just went against us, which is it's fair. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, regression happens, had a great day Saturday. Won a couple of close ones on Saturday. You can't win them all. Um, shake it off. New week. Ready to go. Uh, some other games. Uh, Marquette, Seton Hall. Marquette ended up covering in that one. They lost by six by a score of 57-51. Nebraska went on the road and finally got the monkey off their back with that first Big Ten win against Penn State. So that was a big one there for Fred Hoiberg and the Cornhuskers. Um, other than that, oh, Loyola, Chicago, and Drake played in back-to-back games, and it was a zigzag. Uh, Loyola did not win. They lost in overtime by one point, 51-50, to 50, and they were laying five-and-a-half after laying three-and-a-half and easily covering the day before. Um, so, yeah, that was the zag, and we, it, we, we had to – it was hard to justify playing the zag based on the zig, as we explained <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Um, when Drake got blown out the day before – uh, it was making us weary. Normally that would have been a play, but we were off it yesterday. So whatever, on to this week. Um, let's quickly talk about tonight's slate before we go full into this Genesis Invitational. Um, tonight's slate, there's really only one game worth mentioning, maybe two. Um, Virginia at Florida State is the game of the night, obviously. And this should be a fun one. I'm really excited on this one. Last I saw, Florida State was a one-point favorite at home. Um, that was last night. I have you checked this morning. Has it moved? Yeah, it's one and a half. Okay. Um, and this one, I, we were talking about this one last night. Uh, a big key is whether Florida State's big man is healthy, right, Justin? Yeah, Balsa Koprovicia, uh, probably botched that name. He is questionable, turned his ankle and shoot around on Saturday when Florida State played Wake Forest, didn't play. Um, that's important. He's a beast. He is, I think, second on the team in effective field goal percentage, second on the team in offensive rating, and he is far and away their best rebounder. Um, and I think that, 
against a Virginia team that has a lot of size up front, especially with Jay Huff, who's one of the best big men in the country. I think having Kopravitsia, call him Florida State's big man, having having the big man, uh, having the seven-footer ready to go is really important. Um, other than that, because I'm still waiting for word on him to, I think, really fire anything, I kind of lean Florida State. I think the matchup is a bit of an edge for the Seminoles because I think the the types of teams that give Virginia trouble are the teams that are very athletic defensively and can make threes on offense. And that's like that's that's what Florida State is this year. They are, as always, they're super athletic defensively, and that's why Leonard Hamilton has actually had more success against Tony Bennett than I think any any coach in the ACC except for maybe Coach K. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but I mean, there, there've been a lot of battles. I think, I think they're like five and five in their last 10 games, something like that. Um, so Florida state's athletic on D uh, and now this year they're making shots. They're like 15th in the country in three point percentage. Um, you've got Anthony polite, MJ Walker. These guys are money makers from deep. So I lean Florida state at home. I think they're motivated. Um, I think Virginia's still a little bit overrated as good as they are. Like I, I don't, it's not that I don't see it. It's just that they're not as dominant defensively as they have been. They're very good defensively. They're not as dominant defensively and they lack creativity on offense. Are they good on offense? Absolutely. But that's mostly because they have great three point shooters. And I think that the, the length of the Florida state D may give them, give them some trouble because they don't have anybody that can really break it down. So um, I, I lean the Seminoles haven't played it yet, but I will happily give it out as a play minus one and a half on the pod. Cool. Um, I have nothing on this one. Um, Last night when I was talking to you, trying to talk this one through, um, I was leaning Virginia. Um, just based on looking at BART, like looking at the numbers, um, I think they have slight advantages in some categories, but not enough to maybe carry them on the road here. And after hearing your handicap, it makes me kind of want to just stay off this game entirely. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I, this is this this should be a really good game. Um, I may end up riding with you on Florida state just cause I'm really conflicted on what side to pick here. And, you know, Bob's on Florida state as well. So, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Our boy, Bob. Uh, um, and then the other game tonight is Washington at Washington state. Um, and Justin, you've been going to the Wazoo state. Well, often recently, are you going back tonight? Nope. Um, there's, it's one thing to take Washington state as a dog. It's another to take them when they're laying like three possessions. Washington's pretty bad. Washington State went out at to, went out to Washington earlier this year and beat, beat them by like 15. Um, Washington State was a dog in that game, believe it or not. Um, and now they're like seven and a half point favorites at home. And it's just they're, they're not explosive enough offensively to make me want to lay that kind of margin. This, this could be a real like gritty kind of grinded out game between two bad Pac-12 teams. Washington State's definitely the better team, but do I want to lay seven and a half? No. Like, no. Just no interest. Just none. Like, nothing in this game makes me want to be like, ah, oh, I want to bet it. Like, I, I don't. So, I'm not. Fine. Fair enough. And I do have a mid-major mat play today. Love it. Let's hear We're it. We're going to go nine and one on the mid-major plays. It is a streak that I am quite proud of. Um, I am on Eastern Kentucky minus seven and a half. At Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech is a stink bomb this season. They're 3 and 19, 3 and 12 in the Ohio Valley Conference. Eastern Kentucky is one of the better teams in the Ohio Valley Conference. 16 and 5, 10 and 4 in the year. Eastern Kentucky already played Tennessee Tech earlier this season at home. They beat them by 10. Now they have to cover 7.5 on the road. 
I just look at the numbers here. The biggest, biggest uh, mismatch in this game is Tennessee Tech turns the ball over a ton, and Eastern Kentucky is a top-10 team on BART in turnover defense. They will force a ton of turnovers in this one. It will be a sloppy game. Tennessee Tech can't score. They can't defend. Um, I think Eastern Kentucky wins by 10. Uh, they play quick. Um, so I, I, I like this one. They shoot the three. They don't shoot it particularly well, but they take a lot of threes. Tennessee Tech shoots a lot of threes, and they don't shoot it well either. Um, so I, I like the seven and a half here from the Colonels um, over the Golden Eagles. Tennessee Tech's coming off a win as well over this weekend, so they're not going to win two in a row. Come on now. They're three and 19. Um, yeah, Eastern Kentucky Colonels minus seven and a half. Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. May have to may have to dive in now if it's a four o'clock game. That's right. I know. I know you you can't resist yourself. No, I can't I can't resist some day basketball. I can't resist myself. I like uh, it. This is you have been very good at finding these under the radar mid-major games that maybe haven't been shaped too much by odds makers, and you find the these matchup edges, and I think you, you were pretty eloquent in your explanation here. Um very simply, Eastern Kentucky is a lot better than Tennessee Tech. Uh, so I like yep. it. I, I Thank think, you, sir. I think you've got a good chance to get the nine and one. Thank you, sir. And with that being said, that concludes our college basketball slate today. But, oh, man, this kid is licking his chops across my computer screen to start talking about the Genesis Invitational at the Riviera Golf Course in, where's that, Los Angeles? Outside of L.A., yeah. Outside of L.A. Um Justin, let's uh, – so you you put together an outright card every week usually, and we didn't hit on last week, but you hit the two prior. And last week was, as you described it, a hit and giggle, the, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It wasn't a crazy good field or anything. Daniel Berger ended up winning by two strokes yesterday. Spieth, th- third-round leader for the second week in a row, did not win. He finished three back, uh, tied for third at 15-under. But now this field is an absolutely loaded field, and you put together an outrights card every week. Explain how you go about putting together your outrights card and how the model works and what guys you like for the Genesis Invitational. All right, that's a, that's a big question. Um, so first, get talking. First, going back to Pebble, yeah, it was a hit and giggle, and I, I attacked the mid-range. I had a bunch of guys in the mid-range when it ended up being really a, a stars and scrubs week. So just going forward, I made a note next year, look at guys at the top and look at guys at the bottom and don't mess around with the guys in between because that's what ended up happening. The guys at the top and the guys at the bottom were in contention, Lashley, McNeely. Um, these guys were, were towards the back of the odds board and then Berger and Cantlay and Spieth were towards the top of the odds board. So just something to, to keep note of. That's what happened to Pebble this past, this year. So um, maybe that'll happen next year. So I, I made a note of that. Um, I build an outrights card every week. Six or seven guys, maybe eight, maybe ten. Depends on what the what the numbers are. But basically, every week it's it's two units total risk uh, to win each each bet is bet however many units to win twelve, um, and then you subtract out the two units. So it, when you win, you profit five units, uh, ten units. You profit ten units. Um, that's really it. Uh, that's and you build your guys in that budget. Um, Two-unit budget, every, every guy you bet, you bet him to win 12 units. Um, if you want to talk, simplify it, you can risk one unit total and bet everybody to win six units. The goal is to profit five units at the end. 
basically, if you win more than one out of every five golf tournaments, we call a winner, you're, you're turning a profit. Um, we're, we've done that so far this year. We've hit two of the first six, and that's always a good sign. Um, this week, they're at Riviera. Uh, this is one of the crown jewels of golf in the United States. It is as fun a course design uh, as you'll find. Um, each hole has a little bit of challenges. There's a lot of risk reward. Um, it's not a birdie fest. It's kind of unpredictable. It's, it's not, but it's also not really hard. Um, the most interesting corollary course to Riviera, and you may like this, Matt, is, is Augusta. Um, they're both, yeah, they're both classical designs. Uh, they have a lot of similar winners like Bubba. Bubba's won the Masters twice. He's won at Riv three times. Phil, Adam Scott, like these are guys that have won at Riv that have also won at the Masters, and there tends to be a big correlation. So um, having said that, um, typically you want guys at Riv that can drive the ball far, are super precise with their irons, have very good short games, Basically, you want you want the cream of the crop. You want guys that have really solid all-around games. And uh, now here's where it comes in finding the value at those guys. Yeah. So this is so here's the issue, right? Because because the odds makers know that, and you want to talk about the best all-around games. Like Dustin Johnson has the best all-around game, followed by John Rahm and Rory and JT and Xander, and they're all priced toward the top of the market. So if you want to bet on DJ to win. That's fine, but you'd have to put your full unit of budget on DJ and let DJ be the guy. And that's not fun, right, Matt? Not fun. Right. You want as many bullets. You want as many bullets in the mix as possible. And so the goal is to go through that odds board, find where your edges are in the model um, versus where they are priced in the odds board. So this week, like I mentioned, I'm looking for good all-around players, which means ball striking around the green because it's not a birdie fest. And this is a really important factor. Um, you don't need a great putter. Like that's a okay. misconception because typically birdie fests are, you got to make a ton of putts because you got to go super low. You got to hit 20 under to win. Like the winning score at Riv is only going to be like 12 under 15 under, which means you don't have to make a ton of birdies. You just can't make a lot of bogeys. You got to make the birdies when you get your opportunities, but you, you don't need to make a bunch of 20 footers and end up winning. Um, this week I'm targeting guys that are long, great iron players, maybe have success putting on Poa greens, um, good wedge players, great with their long irons. I'm honestly looking for guys that are great with their long irons. It's a long course. You have a lot of approach shots between 175 and, and 200 yards. So that's where I'm looking at. Um, built the model, look for guys that have been good long-term on Poa because it's a Poa, Poa greens. Um, last one of the year, it's Poa greens and looking for guys that are playing well recently and uh, where, where they stack up value-wise. All right. Um, having said that, I will now run through who I have decided to play. Let me just – Oh, baby. Let me pull Get it up. pen and paper out, folks. Jot these down. Uh, but if you, you know, if you want to build your own card, I just – I recommend guys that are really good long iron players. That's really important. Um, and honestly, course history is important here too. I kind of ignored it a little bit this week. I'm not sure why I felt that way. I just – the value wasn't there in some of these guys. Um, but, all right, here's what I've got. All right, my card starts with Brooks Kepka at 25 to 1. Um, can't believe that King Brooks is being priced at 25 to 1 
when his his old buddy DJ is like six to one. I mean, he he sees that he's like, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? DJ right. four times four times better chance of winning this than me. No, um, Brooks is playing great. He just won in Phoenix. He's healthy. He looks strong. There's no reason why this course shouldn't shouldn't suit him well. He's great with his driver. He's a great wedge player. He makes putts. He's, his irons have been absolutely dialed in. Very few people are better striking their long irons than Brooks. I think 25 to one is a, is a wrong number and uh, I'm, I'm eager to exploit it. Plus he's my favorite player. And if I can get a good number on him, I'm going to bet him no matter what. Um, auto but, bet. Yeah. I don't know if 25 to one is necessarily an auto bet, but like pretty close. The way the other guys are priced. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like, I don't think the discrepancy, but like if Brooks is 25 and Bryson is 17, like that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I don't see that. Tony Finau. Uh, well, that's, I mean, that's horseshit. That's the yeah. most price guy in the market. I'm sorry. Finau is at 22 to one. Are we joking here? Tony Finau has never won a real golf tournament. And now he's going to beat like all these, these bad boys. Like, no, no, thank you. All right. Um, then a little lower, there are a bunch of really intriguing young guys who have been playing awesome golf. Great with their irons. Great little wedge players uh, can get hot with the putter and they're just, this is the next crop of golf. Um, so I'm going to Daniel Berger. He's 34 to one. Don't think that's the right number on him. Uh, he just won at, at Pebble. So he's coming in hot. Uh, the last time he played a tournament after a win, he finished third. So it's not like he wins and then falls apart. Like he, he won and then finished third, like back in the spring. Um, you think about guys that play well here. Berger is awesome with his irons. He was just locked in with his approach last week, which is important. Pebble has small greens. Riv has small greens. And Berger won at Pebble. Uh, he's also a great chipper. Nobody, like very few people are able to get up and down like, like Daniel Berger. Um, so I just think it's a, it's a misprice. And I, I, don't, I don't think he should be 34 to one. Victor Hovland, 35 to one, another misprice. This guy contended like, like hell at Torrey. And he was right there with Patrick Reed for most of Sunday. And if he just didn't fall apart on the back nine, he would have won. Nobody's playing better golf, in my opinion, right now than Victor Hovland. This guy's going to win a lot of golf tournaments. I think he is the best up-and-coming golfer in the world. He drives the ball straight as an arrow. He's long. His irons are fantastic. He can get hot with the putter. He's got a great attitude. And I think he's I think he's knocking on the door of a big win. Like, I think his big win is coming. So I'm on big dick Vic. I just think he's got an opportunity. Um, similar sense to those guys, I'm on Joaquin Neiman, another guy playing great. Uh, his last two events, he finished second at the Tournament Champions and then second at the Sony, like back-to-back second-place finishes. Took a few weeks off. I think his odds are incredibly mispriced. Like, why is he 55-1, to 50-1? to 1? Like, he finished second the last two times he played. You talk about a guy who's dialed in with his long irons, Neiman. Great short game, Neiman. Uh, long off the tee, Neiman. Like, he's another guy, just like Hovland, who is freakishly talented, super young, could get a huge win coming up. Like eventually it's going to come. And I think at 55 to one, he's just mispriced similar, another similar guy, uh, long off the tee, um, Matthew Wolf, uh, great long iron player. Now he's home in Los Angeles being priced at 80 to one, just another one of these super talented young guys that is going to break, break through. So I think that's kind of the theme of my card. Um, these talented young golfers who, um, I think have a chance to really break through and get a big win. So the, the young guys are Morikawa, Hovland, Neiman, and Wolf. Um, they're kind of the big four. Uh, you can throw Sungjae into that mix. He's not playing this week. They're like the the, the next crop. Um, and I, I'm happy to have all four on my card because I think this is a ball striking week and all of those guys are really good ball strikers. The last guy is probably my favorite play of the week. 
Hideki Matsuyama, this guy's an enigma. He hasn't won since 2017, but when he wins, he wins events in fields like this. He's won the Memorial. He's won a couple WGCs. Like Hideki wins in these like really good fields with not a, not a lot of players, if that makes sense. Like he wins these invitational type events. Um, I think people are sleeping on him because he hasn't been playing great, but he's been playing well enough. Like he's still gaining off the tee. He's gaining on approach. And I texted you this earlier, Matt. Um, Hideki's not a guy I want to back in a birdie fest because he's one of the worst putters on the face of the, on the face of the earth. Like I think that you and I could putt just as well as he can. Like he really, <laughs> he he really looks shaky over the putter. Like he just doesn't look comfortable. Um, however, you want to talk about the ability to drive the ball long and straight, Hideki. The ability to hit his long irons close to the pin, Hideki. Uh, really creative chipper of the golf ball, Hideki. Hasn't won in a long time, Hideki. And now he's 45 to one. He's going to be priced in the same range as Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson, Adam Scott. And I feel like the market is going to drift more towards Bubba and Adam Scott just because they have won at Riviera before. Hideki has played this tournament four times in like the last four years. He's finished in the top 10 three of those four times. So he's got great course history. Even though he hasn't won here, he's got great, great course history. Uh, Poa, and, Poa Anna Greens are his best putting surface. I just... Hideki's going to win again. You know, he hasn't won in four years and he's great with his long irons. Like, I think it's a great course fit for him and he's got to be hungry to go get one. Um, finished fifth year last year. I just think Decky is, is a, a sneaky, sneaky pick this week. I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him because they're tired of watching him lose. Uh, and you know what? People said the same thing about Brooks and he went out and won at 55 to one. They said the same thing about Reed. He went out and won at 30 to one. Um, I just think that they said the same thing about Harris English. Harris English won the TOC. Like this shit, like you, you, people win. They're going to win. Hideki's got too much talent not to win. Um, I just think that course comp, course, course fit, excuse me. Recent form's not great, but it's really not bad. Uh, doesn't need to make a ton of birdies. I just really like Hideki this week. Um, so quick wrap up. Brooksy, Morikawa, Berger, Hovland, Decky, Neiman, and Wolf. I think I got a lot of value on the card. Um, kind of drifting away from the big names. You know, if Rom, if Rom wins at 12 to one, tip the cap. If DJ wins at six to one, tip the cap. Same thing with Rory. The one guy who I wish I had a bet on is Patrick Cantlay because he's playing yeah. Cantlay's 18 to one and he's shorter than I expected. So if you want to dive higher in the odds board, I could see Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay is a guy who really pops this week in the model. And I think he's, he's, got a really good chance to win but you know all these top guys have great chance to win like I, I like Rory could win Rory hasn't won in a long time like Rory could go win this is a great course for him also um but I don't like to bet the guys at the top of the board I'd rather have a bunch of value between the 20s and the 50s and that's what I've got oh man I can't wait for this golf tournament I can't wait either like Riv is awesome like Riviera is one of the the classic awesome American golf courses high risk high reward I mean, you look at the guys who have won here, like guys that have won at the Genesis are like badasses. Adam Scott is a badass. Bubba's a badass. Phil, badass. DJ, badass. Like badass, baby. Yeah, no, I, just, I like it. I like it. It should be a, it should be a lot of fun, man. And I, yeah, I think I think Hideki wins. I don't know why. I've got this weird feeling on Hideki. It's just like this is the type of tournament that he wins. And he hasn't won in a long time. And I feel like everybody, like he, like everybody's going to be like, oh shit, like Hideki won. Like, okay, like I could see Hideki winning. Yeah. 
but he hasn't yeah. won in a long time. But like he could win here. Yep. Yep. Um I yeah, I can't wait for this golf tournament. Um just because like you said, it kicks off the first of a bunch of good ones in a row. The every tournament from here on out for the next few anyway, is going to have a stacked leaderboard or, or, and a stacked field rather. So man, it's, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I, I love your outrights card and you've been pretty good on matchups as well. And you haven't, we haven't been giving out matchups on the pod as much, but throughout the week, I think if you find something you like, I'm going to start at the end of every episode, we'll give you the matchup breakdown, the head to head golfer A versus golfer B tournament full matchup um because you've been pretty money on those as well yeah 36 and 26 so far this season it's fantastic, uh, fantastic. plus nine units all right um mr yeah. Satu, anything okay. else no the mat but DraftKings has just posted some matchups so i am i've got uh, something to do this afternoon oh boy and i know what you're going to be doing the next two hours yep. click 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 Oh, I love it. Anything else, though? Uh, today's basketball card, golf, final notes? No, um, I am I'm all good. Looking forward to tomorrow's college basketball. I'm sure those lines will start populating in the next couple hours also. So so busy, busy afternoon of, of um, handicapping. Handicapping, bingo. All right, we will talk tomorrow. And uh, go Colonels, Eastern Kentucky Colonels, mid-major Matt, 9-1. Sayonara. <laughs>